paying for everything. I'm supposed to be cooking and doing laundry. And I'm sort of like being a girl boss is a trap, you know, and I'm joking, of course, in a lot of ways. But I do, you know, the underlying is that society has sort of told women, like, if you just hustle nonstop, all your dreams are going to come true. And it's like, okay, but we're tired. I'm still underpaid. I'm stressed out. This is not the promised land. And so I'm like, I jokingly like, I want to punish your daddy because I want some time off. I need time off. (laughs) That is Phoebe Robinson. And she's on tour. And I asked her if the name of the tour was, I need a sugar daddy. (laughs) But it's not. It's called Messy AF for the kids. You know what that means. And she gets into it on today's edition of Naked. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. It's the greatest in sports and entertainment connected with us. Hey everybody, she is back. And by that, I mean back on the road again. My next guest is a comedian, an actress, a writer, and she is back on tour. And today she joins us on Naked to talk about her comedy tour, but more importantly, how she has been able to arrive at this point. Phoebe Robinson, known to many of you guys as the one half of Two Dope Queens, that hit show on HBO, uh, turned from podcast to TV show. She's always been able to take her IP, her property, if you will, intellectual property, and turn it into a television show. She's such a creative and she's so smart. 
I've watched over the years that she built a very, I guess I would say, profitable enterprise uh, using her intelligence, her wit, and her humor. Sit back and relax and listen to Phoebe. She's funny. She's honest. And more importantly, for this particular podcast, she is extremely naked. First and foremost, welcome to the podcast, the greatest there ever was in life to ever do it. By Girl Magic, super defined, underlined, everything, exclamation, Phoebe Robinson. How are you, my friend? Wow. Talk about an intro. Thank you <laughs> so much. I'm so happy to see you're so pretty it's actually kind of annoying it is oh thank you i'll take it girl <laughs> i i have um and i gotta be honest with you you know i followed your career for for very many years everyone was introduced to you uh with your hbo hit television show which was a podcast before two dope queens which was a podcast before you were a podcast queen um and you're able to take projects and make them into other projects based on the original project. When I talk about recycling and getting all of my money, I got a podcast that's dope. I'm going to make it a, a television series. And then ultimately, I'll take all of my experiences and probably write about them in some form or fashion based on the material that I have from these two outlets. And I think you're a genius. Do people say that about you? No. <laughs> you know, you know why you're trying to call a black woman a genius? Come on. They say that for the white people. Come on. <laughs> But you legit that word is not thrown around, but you legitimately are your empire, your business empire that I can see from my simple view allows me to see the vision. And in my mind, you're always on brand. There is something about you that is just that to me is makes people curious. Like you write about being black, being a black woman, tiny reparations is the name of your um, imprint as well as your company, and you do uh, HBO special that says, "I'm sorry, Harriet Tubman." Like you, to me, do it all, and I'm all like, "Gosh, she's so smart." Tell me why she's sorry to Harriet. <laughs> do you? What do you call your brand uh, of work? Do you have a brand for it? How would you describe it in a pitch? God, I mean, that's such a good question. I mean, I, you know, first and foremost, have always been a lover of film and TV, um, a lesser degree comedy, because I thought I was going to write dramatic movies. Like, I never wanted to get into comedy. I thought I was, like, funny, sort of like, oh, you know, I'm funny with my friends, but I didn't think, like, as a career. And so I think I just am someone who just, unabashedly embraces themselves and all their quirks, like the nerdy things about them. I mean, with the things that like people don't think are cool or like in fashion, like I really just celebrate that because I think there's so many people out there who have eclectic tastes, who like lots of different things and just sort of want to dine on life. And I feel like I'm very much in that headspace where I just I just want to like eat it all and really enjoy yeah. it. And even though, you know, with the strikes and everything, it's a tough moment right now. I just, I just have such a love of communication. And I think that's all my work is like, I try and connect with the audience, whether it's podcasting or stand up or writing the books. Like I always want to have this relationship with whoever my audience is. And let them know that, like, I see them and I hope that they see me and that they don't feel alone. So I 
I can't sum it up in a word, but I think it's just, you know, I feel more like feeling and like what's in my gut. Okay, so I this woman, the first thing that comes to mind when you describe that, and 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 bear with me because it's a bit of a reach here, but I think of Taylor Swift. Girl, woman, girl, girl, I'm about to log out. Girl, you compared me to Tay Tay Swift? But let me tell you why. Okay. Taylor has eight to eighty, right? Yeah. She has eight to eighty in terms of the people that she can speak to with her music. Mm. It, and when you are an artist and you can speak to various groups with your art, that is special. So someone could say, Well, I like Carrie, I appeal to her, but my approach and things that I say and perhaps even the way I look might be like, Oh, she pro black woman, woman, black, 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 pro. You were that. Yeah. But you also are going to give me my Thirsty Thursdays with every hot guy in the world that I also like, that other women also like of different backgrounds, and we can relate. And then you're talking, and I'm like, okay. And then you're like, but let me tell you, I do know how to double dutch or whatever, fill in the blank black girl thing. And then you're, and then I'm very open about interracial dating. Yeah. My point is, you speak to everyone where they are. And you can are relatable. You're just relatable to all walks of life, not just one little bucket. You, they can't put you in two buckets. They can put you in a lot of buckets. I didn't love Taylor Swift. Yeah. I am a new Swifty. But once I started to learn more and more about her, I was like, oh, I get it. It's not even so much her music. It's her business acumen. It's how she moves in the world. It's like, and I could tell she is about that business. No matter how sweet and she's smiling, I'm all like, you don't get up there being sweet and smiling. Yeah. So I... Did you see what I'm saying about you? Do you see what I'm saying? You appeal to a lot of a lot of genres, if you will. I like that. I think that is good. I'm, I feel like I'm specific yet relatable. I think that is a perfect encapsulation. Yeah. it's it, And it's hard to do. And now you're on tour, which I want to say congratulations. First time since 2019. Obviously, COVID hit. And then during COVID, you had 18,000 TV shows. We'll get to that. But talk to me about this tour. Why now? Yeah, it's really exciting. I mean, you know, I started doing stand-up in 2008 and I was 23 going on 24 and I just really felt like I found my voice and my confidence through stand-up over the years. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a big believer, certainly like when my TV show, Everything's Trash, you know, got canceled and ripped off. The Shammy platforms. <laughs> we love Bob Iger. Um, <laughs> I was going to get there delicately, but we'll get there next. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but like when that, that, because that was such a, that was like a three year process. And, you know, being in TV, like people think you just show up and you do it and like you go home and it really takes on a life of its own and becomes all consuming. So that was really my process for like three years. And like I had a book come out. I, you know, did like a podcast during the pandemic. I put out a special and I really just felt like, okay, all that stuff is done. The show's over. It's, you know, end of summer 2022. And I just wanted to kind of return to basics. I always feel like whenever you're having those moments of transition, if you will, I always feel like it's good to go back to the beginning. And go back to the root, back to the things you love. And then like you have all this experience and this knowledge that you could take and do it again and it'll help you go further. And so I was just like, I really miss doing stand up. I, I went and tour. And so this is my first theater tour. I'm doing small theaters. This is very exciting. 
Um, and, um, yeah, I just was like, I miss it. And I always tell people this. I really used to dread doing stand up probably until like I started back this year. Like mm. every set, I would have like a pit in my stomach. I'd be like, I don't want to do this. I, would, like, I just was like so in my head and I wasn't able to be fully present and enjoy the moment. I think some of that obviously is due because the the, com- the indie comedy scene when I started out in 2008 was toxic. It was very male dominated in a way that I think Mo, I think a lot of women who started in New York certainly like have residual kind of like, you know, like pits in their stomach. And I think when my show got canceled last year, I just sort of was like, okay, I could put all this love and energy into this thing that I think is wonderful and beautiful and it could be taken away from me. So at the end of the day, all I can control is the process and the journey. And so I've been having such a fun time doing stand up. And I think I think people can tell when they watch me but that there's a sense of joy and ease and confidence because I'm really enjoying the experience. And no bad set defines me. No great set defines me. It all sort of evens out in the end. And so I think I'm at a place that feels. I think I've right sized sort of the emotion and the mental Mm-hmm. anguish about stand-up i think before it was too oh my god oh my god now it's yeah. like it's stand-up and i love this but it does not define me. yeah yeah it, it, it's interesting how what you're you're good at or or what it could be that you at once loved or loved something about it is something that you dread i'm not surprised to hear you say that so were you and when you say small theaters uh-huh. um what what was that size what is a small theater it's you? like you know like the wilbur is like a little over a thousand. So it's like, and then there's places like um, uh, Revolution Hall and like Portland, which I think is like 700. So it's anywhere from like 700 to like 1100. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's great to sort of dip my toe in. And my opener is Khalees Hawkins, who's this brilliant, hilarious black woman. Also, um, she's based in New Jersey. Uh, but I met her through stand-up and we just always been friends. And she's really amazing and i'm like if i'm gonna have someone open for me i want it to be another black woman oh i love that always important do do you um with your work and i did like i said you do speak to a lot of genres but you speak as your perspective your first person perspective as a black woman is it ever uncomfortable to get political and speak your truth Um, be your full self know if it's like um i i feel like i just don't even think about it like i just Mm. am so like i'm just gonna (laughs) i just (laughs) (laughs) this is what i'm thinking and you're about to hear it no filter it's in my head out of my mouth yeah it's a sort of libra energy it's like this is what i have to say so i'm just gonna say it and i think you know my brother is a politician in ohio and he works at a nonprofit. Uh, reading partners, um, which is about literacy. And so like, he's just doing all these amazing things and he's showing up every day, especially in Ohio, which in my opinion is a red state. It's not a perfect state anymore. And he's very fearless. And so I'm just so like, if he could be fearless and I can say whatever I want to say. And luckily, like I haven't been doxxed, like no one's talked to me. So I think I, 
I, I don't know if privilege is the right word. Maybe I'm just very lucky that like I've been outspoken and I haven't gotten like any blowback that made me feel uncomfortable. I, yeah, I want, I'm always, I remember during the pandemic, your posts were powerful. They were um, rem- you're fighting for, you're literally giving a voice to the voiceless. And I always thought amazing. And I didn't really, I don't, I'm, which I, I do now, but I don't ever read comments really. I'm not a comment reader of other people's comments. Yeah. But I find out that's where the fun is. Yeah. Uh, but so, but I don't remember too much pushback. I know people who have a platform that is of note that can consider, that can be considered mainstream in a lot of ways. Worry. Do you ever worry that you lose work? When you speak from honest and true experiences, like what happened during the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have had a couple of people write comments that like I talk too much about race or, you know, whatever gripe they have or like, oh, I like I'm disappointed. And I'm always just like, I don't I'm like, you don't actually know me like <laughs> like you don't know I mean like you like my comedy or my podcast or a movie that I was in. But like your disappointment, honestly, literally means nothing to me. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm very much a believer and consider the source whenever you get feedback. And so it's just like, who, who is it coming from? Is it coming from someone who's like, if it's my parents, okay, I'm going to investigate that. If it's a close friend, sure, I'm going to investigate that. But I think a lot of people love to live online and, spew hatred and feel like they're a victim if people from marginalized communities are saying, hey, things should be more equal. So I have just always come from a place of if you're not a true factor in my life, I'm not going to give your words power because that's only going to harm me. You know what I mean? And, you know, I think just... As someone who's like on the cusp of 40, I turn 39 next month. On I, the cusp. And I, <laughs> <laughs> on the cusp. Yeah, I just think I'm less. I yeah. think what people say true is just, it's true. It's just like I kind of care less what people think. I'm just like, if I lose you as a fan, you weren't meant for me. And that's, that's okay. Yeah. And that's okay. And if I lose the job, that was the job I didn't want. Yeah. Um, or the opportunity. It, 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 I may have thought I wanted it, but it would have made my life much more miserable. I'm a believer in rejection is always protection. protection, protection. All right. We have to pay some bills. Uh, and I do that with a lot of commercials. You all know what to do. Okay. You can fast forward or you can listen to them. You might find something interesting. We'll be right back in just a few moments. Every champion Carry champions to be a champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment, connected with. From BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion, a champion and carry champion, that girl you did. Okay, everybody, welcome back to Naked. Phoebe Robinson is still here, and we get into what the tour looks like, what the future looks like, and why she's so vulnerable and honest. I hope you enjoy Phoebe Robinson. I think it's interesting that you say you're doing these small, the first thing you just said when you said you're doing small theaters. And she was like, just a thousand. I was like, I have, I would throw up if I had to entertain a thousand people. <laughs> she said, even though I'm in front of the television, there's no one there. There's no one behind me. There, I was, It's me just talking to a camera. There's a total, a totally different point of view. What do you think this set that you have been working on, what, you, this, what you're going to take on tour, what does it encapsulate in terms of what are we talking about? Yeah. Well, the reason I say small theaters is just like in comparison, like a Radio City music hall. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course you know what I mean? So it's like I'm working my way to that one day, hopefully knock on wood. No. Tomorrow. Yes. Around the corner. Around the corner, superstar. I believe it. I claim it. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting about this hour because when I started working on it in January, it was sort of just, you know, uh, just writing jokes and sort of figuring out like what's funny. And so I have a workout show that I do in Brooklyn, um, in Union Hall with Khalees. That's the second Monday of every month. And I was just sort of like, writing jokes that weren't necessarily like related to a theme or anything. And then I remember in March I had, it was just such a chaotic month where I was just traveling nonstop. My brother was coming to town. I bought this apartment, was moving into it and then was going to leave for like immediately leave for like three weeks. So like everything was happening at once. And I was just going from here. I'm in one city for 24 hours, another place. And I remember being on a flight and I was just like, I want a sugar daddy. Like this is, (laughs) I was like, being a girl boss is, it's, it's a lot here. So the basic (laughs) parts of my hour is that 
the lie that we were fed of being a girl boss and sort of like it's going to be different because the women are going to be in charge and it's like well mm-hmm. we're just doing we're still doing more work at home like when I was with my ex-boyfriend like he and I was paying all the bills and I was like calling this style during COVID and he would complain that I like wasn't cooking and so it was like the expectation that I was supposed to like work all day paying for everything and I was supposed to be cooking and doing laundry and I'm sort of like being a girl boss is a trap you know, and I'm joking, of course, in a lot of ways. But I do, you know, the underlying is that society has sort of told women, like, if you just hustle nonstop, all your dreams are co- going to come true. And it's like, nope. okay, but mm-hmm. we're tired. I'm still underpaid. I'm stressed out. This is not the promised land. And so I'm like, I jokingly, like, <laughs> I want to sugar your daddy because I want some time off. I need time off. <laughs> I, you are preaching to the choir. If you could, guys, if we can pass a collection plate for Phoebe, because I have the kind of money that folds, not that jingles for her. Because literally, the other day I sent my hairstylist, and his name is Devante. He'll get a kick out of this. He listens to the podcast all the time. I sent him this meme, and it was um, some, and I'll send it to you. This is a cartoon character singing, I want to share your daddy. You know why? Because I want someone to take care of me. Like, it, I, <laughs> I, I'm with you. And society has told us that. And there is this, there's this happy medium because it also provides, a, provides us with the freedom that a lot of women I know don't have. The freedom to, to say what you feel, to, to live your truth, to say, I know my worth and I will not settle. Um, it provides us with the freedom to say, I can be bad by myself. You know what I mean? You're not enhancing my, my, so although there's this upside to it, but then it's, but to your point, the day to day, and when you are overwhelmed, you're like, it would be nice if someone just gave me seven figures inside of my, my checking account. Just here you go. Yes. So I like not be stressed out. You know, you read these things where it's like the more a woman like rises up within a company, like her title gets bigger, the more people dislike her. The more Mm -hmm. successful a woman is, the more likely she is to be cheated on, to be left. So it's all these things where it's like, I love that I'm independent, that I have this apartment, that, you know, it's my dream home. All these things are amazing. And I I wouldn't get rid of them. But there is something to be said that, like, I don't know if being a girl boss is going to save us the way that people presented it, you know? I, 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 full agreement, touch and agree. Amen. Yeah. So is this what the, the hour is about? Because no, I'm going to try to fly to every city to see it. Okay, yes. so is this a- <laughs> yeah. So this is the umbrella of like which everything is under. And it's been so fun to perform and do sort of the workout shows that I was doing in the spring where it really sort of clicked into place for me. And a lot of women in the audience were like, I so feel this. I so understand this. Like, this is like what I'm going through. So I think there's a lot of women who we're, we're really happy with like the empowerment and sort of being leaders, but we're still feeling the love, the lack of support from society. I think in a lot, even like with maternity leave, it's like you want us all to be bosses, but you don't want to take care of women when they become mothers. Yeah. Yep. ridiculous so i think it's ridiculous. for me it really just was like let's like have fun sort of deconstructing this a little bit and make people feel better about the the, the stresses they're going through so when they go home they can be like i laughed i have fun maybe i peed a little bit because i was laughing so much and yeah i like that i like that i like that they should do that but you are saying like and i also think i also think um it it, it there is this 
in eight. Like, I think it's in our DNA. I think uh, uh, hunters and gatherers, I think God had it right. Hi, you, you know, there is this, we weren't built or initially set out for that. Nothing's wrong with it, but we and will always go back to our instinct, which is I need to be provided for and protected. At what level? Different for everybody. Somebody just wants to make sure they can get some extra guac on a burrito, right? <laughs> you know, you might want something a little more than extra guac. You might want a drink. You know, I might want a whole meal, you know, a combo meal. But my point being, right, you get the point, right? Like, we we all, no matter where we are in life, want something in terms of protection and provision. Uh, I think that is genius, as you always do. And I want to go, I want to circle back to something you said this about being successful and what happens when you do acquire success, especially as a marginalized woman. Um, we, it feels as if we're targeted. Word. You most recently had an entire show on Freeform, and not only was the show canceled, they removed it off the platform. What did that tell you? That, that to me, felt punitive and extreme. What did that tell you? It was really sort of, it was obviously was so disappointing, and it was so infuriating. And, you know, it just... As much as I love this industry, there is sort of the talent side we're treated as disposable. And that's really sort of frustrating because no one's watching a show because Tessa Randall's is in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they don't give a fuck about him. And Correct. Because so- <laughs> I thought it was a girl. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> to your point <laughs> to your point and it doesn't mean that he doesn't have value but i think the thing that's frustrating is that the powers that be don't feel like the writers the producers the actors it's a marriage like we need each other we need a platform you need content on your platform so you can get paid and so it just feels sometimes like they're swine away and it's like we're flies and we're bothering them and i'm like where are you without a succession or you know a martin or a living single or a sex in the city you're nowhere without the creative people as well and so i think when my show got taken off i knew it was a financial move i thought it was just very i just thought it was like in poor taste because it's one of the things that you know, the writers are striking against and the actors who are striking against now, which is like the lack of residuals. And, you know, I know shows like later on after mine got canceled, like the day was announced, it was taken off the platform. So it's like they didn't even get it's, it just feels very cool. And it's hard to sort of wrap your head around because it's like when the strike is over, we all got to we all got to work together <laughs> like then just happen yeah. you know it feels very much like what are we doing um so that was really heartbreaking and you know it really has like had me down and i think this is the lowest i felt just like emotionally since i like yeah. started doing comedy because it's just sort of like i just want to create and have fun and it just feels like there's all this other bs that's in the way of it and it's just so but it's just so infuriating. Yeah. It, it just means that you're becoming more and more successful, I have to tell you. It yeah. just means that you're rising the ranks and you're understanding what this is. Yeah. And it just means that you have to stay committed to the, the essence of why you started. I think 
everyone gets to a point where you're like, I cannot believe y'all did that to me. Like, I, why that's cruel. And the business is exactly that. It is cruel. And that's so unfortunate because you show up and you stay kind and you say genuine and you don't even, you don't even know how they think like that. You're like, how do you even, how do you sit and say, I'm taking this, I'm just removing everything from the platform. Like, well, how, what do you, how do you even think like that? You wouldn't even think to do that. You know what I mean? So I get it. I, I understand your disappointment, but that means something more exciting is along, is coming along. Um, have you, have you felt like more opportunities are coming, will be coming your way after the strike? I don't know. I mean, are you feeling unsure of work? Well, it's just like we just don't know what the industry is going to be like. Mm-hmm. Because the longer that this goes on, I'm just like, okay, even if like the strike ended in like September or it's not, but it ended in like end of October, like the quickest, like for scripted, you're going to start shooting like sometime in January. And so it just feels like, I don't know what the landscape is going to be like, but I still have like my head full of ideas. And so I want to like create another TV show and like, you know, act and produce because that's like my happy place professionally. And so I still want to do that. And I hope that the industry will sort of come back together and sort of realize Yes, everybody like wants to to make money, but like the joy is in doing the craft and the process and like being in writers rooms and looking at producer cuts and like all those things and collaborating with artists and authors. And so I really just feel like the powers that be have, you know, totally lost track of that. And that's like I want to try and recalibrate them back. But and yeah, I, I'm going to hold hope. There's been moments during this strike where I'm like, I just want to quit and walk away. But I'm like, I want to hold out hope that I can like keep producing and be a platform for other people, too. Because I think that that's like sort of the through line of my career is that I always want to share my space with other creatives. You know, um, we feel the same way. My world is a little different because we are not necessarily sag after but the uncertainty of television right now, but it's not just our industry. It affects every industry. Like my girlfriend's a real estate agent. And she's like, I ain't sold a house in I don't know how long because everyone's so uncertain with Hollywood and what's going on with the market. And the markets are uncertain. So there is definitely this feeling of, and fear is is palpable. People catch it quicker than, you know, they do courage. But I, I just, I do believe that everything will work itself out and it's cyclical. And I look at your business model, what I think is your business model, because that, that's the way I'm thinking now. Because I was like, I got to do other stuff besides this TV thing. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment connected with. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. 
Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion. And girl, you did it. Got a champion and you create you have an imprint Man. tiny reparations and then you have your production company obviously we know we're going to put that on pause for a moment but you still have ways of making income and i want to know why first of all congratulations because you had a, a new york times bestseller didn't you yeah in what, it, with your emperor and you just did a, a poem i guess most uh, a book of poems or just poetry came out today Let's i'm not quite for sure yeah but, uh, congratulations so i'm all like looking at you like you got money over money over money but tell me about <laughs> a tiny reparations we all know, we all know <laughs> that World taxes after paying everybody the coinage drops yeah shrinks <laughs> yes i'm aware but tell me about this business model because you're you are hitting on all cylinders in terms of I'm working in each aspect of this industry in terms of entertainment. Um, so I'm curious how you came up with the imprint and and partnered with Penguin and I believe and Plum. Plum? Yeah, yeah, Plum. So they published my, they published all my books. So I started working with them in 2016, well, 2015 and 2016 when You Can't Touch My Hair came out. Um, mm-hmm. And they've always just been really supportive, totally got what I wanted to do. And when I wanted to do an imprint, I just approached him. I was like, hey, I think I'm ready for this next step. Like, I think I've proven myself that not only do I love writing, but I think I have like a good eye for talent. And yeah, so we launched uh, in 2020 and my book was the first one to come out. And then the next, then we had a couple more that came out in 2021. And then the the New York Times bestseller was uh, Portrait of a Thief by Grace D. Yes. yes, that's what it was. Yeah. She's fantastic. Um, she's currently writing a second book with us. And author retention was always like a big deal for me um, mm-hmm. because I think, you know, publishing is big. You have like all the big name authors. I think sometimes if you're a newer author, um, you might feel like a little lost in the shuffle. So I always wanted to make sure our imprint was like small and curated. I think we're I think we're tr- the dream is for us to publish like 15, 20 books a year. I think right now we're around like 
seven, eight. So we're getting there. And so I really just always wanted to be a place where authors could feel like they can write the books that they want to write. They will be supported um, not only by me, but by people at Plume. And it's really been a dream come true. And I just, I think business-wise, it just was sort of like, I love books. I love movies. I love TV. I love stand-up. And so those are the things that I've done. Um, which has been really exciting and great. And I don't know, I think the imprint is one of the things I'm the most proud of that I've done because, Mm. you know, a lot of people don't know this, but like when you write a book, like the average person, they don't know, like especially if it's fiction, you have to write the entire book. So people are spending years writing like their dream novels for free, and then hoping they can sell it to someone. That is such a leap of faith of not only in your talent, but just like you have to love writing in order to want to do that. And to see like these authors who are like first timers who are just sort of like, okay, I want to try my hand at this. I believe I'm really talented. And I have like a story to tell and to be able to publish your books. It just feel, I just feel like a proud mama. Like I'm never going to have kids because I don't want to be a mother, but I feel like I love book babies. So I'm, yeah. <laughs> and you are giving and you're oh God, you're creating um, such a wonderful entry into this world for so many people who would otherwise be overlooked. And I think um, we all know what that feels like. But even and, and at the same time, I think it's just really smart. I, I When I told you, I'm like, God, I love this business plan. I see this. <laughs> I see this corporation we're building, if you will. Right. I see the mogul uh, m- becoming, if you will. I, I But it's all inspiring. And um, and that's why I am a huge fan of yours. Uh, I um, want to know when people can where people can go to find out how to. Um, check you out on tour um and is it called i need a sugar daddy tour no because if not not, you're missing out right now you can give it away you can have my id go ahead (laughs) called the the messy af tour and you can go to phoebirobison.com you know it's on the landing page so i don't even make you click to the tour no Because people ain't got time for that. They're on their phones while they're taking shit and they do not want to have to go to another page. <laughs> we don't because we watch TV with our phones so we can fact check and we we are be busy. We are busy people doing nothing. Ain't nobody got no job. If you're busy people doing nothing. According to the economy, we trash. Okay. So I really, truly want to support. I saw that you were in Seattle. When did you come to L.A.? Uh, September 22nd. Okay. Yeah. And then and then I can always see you in our soon-to-be hometown, our mutual home area in Brooklyn. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for you to be in Brooklyn. I mean, obviously, as someone who's been here for 20 years, I'm clearly biased, but... You'll love it. You'll I love-, love it. I can't. I stayed for three months in Williamsburg, and I was like, "Oh, I have to move here," because I, I kept going to Brooklyn, different parts of Brooklyn. I was like, "I have to move here." Not Williamsburg per se, but I was like, "I must move here." And so, I it's just a wonderful experience. So I can't wait to really take this off of um, social media, the 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 podcast and the TV, and hang out with you. We go have a lot of fun, girl, because I'm fun. I don't know if you know that. I'm fun. Uh, judging by your Instagram, you seem very fun, and you always turn a look. Good time. (laughs) Phoebe Robinson, brilliant, black, brilliant, and successful, also beautiful. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for having me.
So don't forget, you all, head to her website, even her Instagram, phoebeRobinson.com, and support. She is on tour, and I think it's great. She said for some time, as you heard her say, it was difficult for her to get up in front of an audience and just bring her full self, and now she loves it. It was a tough ask, but now she's giving you all that she has, and I really want us to support her. It's rare that we find people who are truly humble and kind and then have this great mind, and when they get this success, they still remain the same. Hollywood changes people, and uh, I'm proud to say she's one of a few that I know intimately that I can say has not changed. Again, she deserves all of our support. Check her out, phoebeRobinson.com. Go see her on tour. If not, watch some of her television shows. Follow her on Instagram. There's a lot to learn. Talk to you all next week. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.